Hello and welcome to the Creative Lotus Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Zaki. I think there's so much value in collaboration. You know, like I feel like you can really elevate an art form and elevate a project when you're willing to collaborate and lean on the people around you who are, you know, experts in their own fields and who are really good at what they do. Hello, and welcome to the Creative Lotus Podcast. On this week's episode, which is a bonus episode, we have photographer Aaron J. Young. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to welcome back uh, photographer Aaron J. Young. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. Hey, thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. I feel like the it's going to be funny because you're the first one to do this. And so all my guests from previous uh, seasons, I'm, I'm probably going to get a call like, hey, I want to be on another episode. I want to talk. <laughs> um, so yeah, this might uh, start something. It's great. So yeah, what's been going on? I, I know that you have some exciting news to share about a project that you've been working on. And I know that we can kind of uh, dive into that, but I'll let you uh, do the honor. So please. You know, the big thing that's going on right now is I have uh, a book that is finally available for pre-order um, that's been in the works for quite a while, especially with COVID. And yeah, it's just really incredible that it's, you know, that's finally happening, that people can finally order the book. Um, we had an event um, in LA uh, over the last couple of days where people could actually, you know, physically look at the book. And um, yeah, it's just really incredible that it's, it's finally here. Amazing. Yeah, I think I saw you were at DragCon, right? Here in LA? Yeah, so we were at DragCon because the book um, the book is called Queen and it's yes. actually a collection of photographs that I took of portraits of queens over the years at DragCon. So we thought it was, you know, like the perfect the perfect full circle moment to actually sort of be introducing it to the world at the same event that, you know, that we sort of created the project. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so kind of, I'd love to kind of talk about the creative process and everything. I know that on uh, last season when we kind of spoke for the interview and everything, you'd shared that, you know, the the process of, you know, connecting with subjects and everything and really kind of immersing yourself, you know, with them as uh, you're taking these portraits. So I'm curious, kind of like, if you can share some of how did you go about creating uh, these amazing portraits of these, you know, drag superstars, really, uh, that have been on the show and have been able to really kind of capture their essence in a very kind of crowded place like, you know, DragCon here in LA and in New York. Yeah. So um, I guess it kind of really started in 2016, um, I believe was, uh, I think that was the, maybe the first, it was either the first or second year that DragCon existed. And so I, that was the only year that I've ever gone just as a spectator, just to, just to, to see it all. And yeah. when I was there, you know, I had this idea, like it would be really, um, it would be the perfect place to be able to photograph a lot of queens, especially the queens, you know, that are from RuPaul's Drag Race and, um, you know, that are constantly traveling and have really busy schedules and they all kind of come together at this one location for three days. So, right. right. Um, so the following year in 2017, we decided to have a booth that was sort of um, like a little photo studio setup, And we found that it was actually somewhat difficult to get the queens to come to our booth because they're at their own booths. They're meeting their fans there. I mean, that's really the reason why they're there, you know. And um, so they're, they have really busy schedules. So it was hard for them to step away and to come find us. And we still, I mean, we were, we were still able to photograph some some people, and we got some some beautiful photographs that year. Um, but it was really out of that challenge of, you know, not really having accomplished the goal that I had in mind that another idea came to me, which was, what if we could take a setup and sort of create a photo studio 
where they were located or all around the convention center. So that's where this idea came to kind of put together a team of people. And then we had um, a small backdrop on like a rolling stand. And then I had one person who uh, was working um, the light and... Uh, you know, and then we'd have somebody who was working, you know, in charge of like model releases. Somebody sometimes who was in charge of capturing BTS video, and and so we would just roll around the convention center, and we'd roll up to to you know a queen's booth, and we would talk to their team. We'd be like, hey, we're here, and we're. Um, you know, we just need them for 30 seconds, you know, and we can take a beautiful yeah. portrait. So, you know, people were pretty receptive to it. They were able to, you know, step away for, you know, a really short period of time. Sometimes we would actually go back into their booth because, you know, depending on who it was, there was varying degrees of uh, how extensive their booths were. And some of them, like, you know, they, you had to actually walk pretty far into like a maze to kind of get to the back where they were. And so I, wow. there were times when they said, you know, why don't you just bring it all back to them and, um, mm. So we ended up starting to create these portraits that were, in my opinion, a lot more interesting because, you know, we were out at all these different locations and oftentimes mm. um, the, the famous queens would have a big line of people waiting to meet them. So we would bring the queen out and then we'd incorporate some of their nice. fans into the shots. And um, it just made for this really interesting uh, sort of way of capturing them. Uh, so that was in 20. 18 and then so we just kept doing that basically like we did it a couple of times in LA we did it once in New York um, mm-hmm. before the pandemic happened um, we even went back last year um, last year was the first year that we officially got shut down as being a fire hazard <laughs> um, whoa uh, what I mean every every year we have the same conversation with literally the same person about um, uh-huh. the fact that you know it's a little we're in a little bit of a gray area because the convention center does consider our setup to be you know big enough to be a fire hazard as we're rolling around the convention. They're Got usually, it. we can usually talk them into letting us continue to do it. But last year on the second morning of the event, they were like, you know, we really can't let you continue to roll around. But they were really wow. nice about it. They they put us in a booth for free mm. and they let us kind wow. of just hang out there. And so that was the first year where... Um, we really got to see like how the perception around what we've doing has changed over the years, mm. you know, cause in 2017, we could barely get anybody to come to us. Right. right. Even, even sometimes the people that we knew personally. And then wow. in 20, uh, when was that? That was 2022. We had to do the same thing. Basically we had to just go out and, and talk to people and tell them where we were at. And we were able to photograph almost everybody that we wanted to photograph last year wow. they were all willing to you know to take take time away from their booths to show up and um to be photographed a lot of them knew the project and they didn't know that a book was happening but they knew they had seen the project on like out.com or you know the wow mm, report or right. whatever so it was just over the years sort of like building this presence on online and people becoming aware of this project that we that we kept um kept doing every year you know it grew into this thing that then people wanted to be a part of no, I was just, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think, um, yeah, it's it's so unique, uh, kind of what you've created uh, over the years. And I, to be honest, when you were sharing it, I totally forgot that we like even had a pandemic in the sense the RuPaul's Drag Race or like the DragCon got shut down, right? So uh, last yep. year was kind of their, their start back up post-COVID. Yep. The re-entry, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's amazing. I mean, from starting when it started in 2016 to now like having, you know, your your freedom to like uh, pretty much get anyone you want for your your project is is pretty cool. So I'm curious kind of 
the specific look and feel of the portraits is very you. Like the lighting is very much like your style and I can kind of point it out and everything. And, um, but I'm curious kind of why, uh, like why the portrait background amongst in kind of in this environmental, it's almost like this just juxtaposition, right? Of like this crazy big convention center. And then you have these fans, which is really cool, but then it's almost like an intimate studio portrait of them. Uh, was that kind of a decision based on like the work that you've done before or like going into it where you just kind of like, this is the best way for me to, you know, create the kind of work that I create um, on a, a bigger scale that's kind of like on the go? I think it was a combination of everything. Like I, you know, it is very much my style. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, along with the, like the, the technical and visual aspect of my style, I feel like it also encompasses, or like if I, when I, when I describe my style of photography and portrait photography, um, I think of it as really connecting deeply with my subjects and then and then capturing um, their energy coming through the photograph. That to me is actually more important than the lighting and the technical aspects, just because because you know if, if, if the connection is not there with your subject, then t- for me a, a photo just falls flat, no matter how technically beautiful it was it was captured. In capturing people in that way, there's a level of authenticity that c- comes along with that. Um, uh, it's authenticity. It's you're capturing someone's humanity. Um, you're capturing an energy about them, sort of like their essence, which is something that I think is more something you feel rather than see, which is always an interesting thing in my mind of like, I'm trying to sort of capture an energy that you really feel coming through a visual medium. And so since that's kind of like what I'm all about and what, what my style is, what I was thinking about photographing um, the, the drag queens you know, back in 2016, 2017, I hadn't really seen that done before. You know, like I hadn't seen the drag race, not the drag race, but the drag community really photographed in that way. Like I had seen a lot of drag photography that was sort of what I would think of. And when I think of drag photography, like, you know, a queen captured very much in their, the persona of who they are. A lot of times that's really camp. That's really, um, humor driven uh a lot of times the photographs really played that up like if they were playing a character um Mm -hmm. then the styling of the photograph and everything would be centered around that idea um which is beautiful and that's a wonderful way to capture them i just in my mind i was like can i capture them in a way that is going to i mean you're going to obviously see their artistry you're going to see see their drag personas but can i do it in a way that you can also feel the human behind the persona and feel that humanity coming through the photograph. So that was kind of my goal. I love, you know, I love using, I mean, you can see I'm sitting in front of one, but I love, I love using (laughs) these painted backdrops. They're just very like when uh, the things that I'm the most drawn to with portrait photography is uh, when I, when something feels classic and feels timeless and feels elegant and feels, uh, I get, you know, poetic, like that's what I'm personally drawn to. So that's sort of what is always in my mind and what my goal of creating is. And to me using, you know, like these painted backdrops is um, just, uh, you know, a way to, to do that visually. And, and I, you know, I had done it before. We're just taking, and I'm not the only person who's done this. I mean, lots of people have done this, you know, taking, taking backdrops on location or wherever, you know, and especially in the last few years, it's become even more popular, but like it's, uh, yeah, it was just kind of it was just kind of this vision that I had, I guess, to see like if I could capture capture this community in a way that that I would personally find really interesting and that I hadn't seen so much of up to that point. And then the whole aspect of like, you know, getting fans in the photographs and other people in the photographs, that sort of came about on the spot the first year that we did it and 
it just it just seemed like a really cool idea to like be able to it's almost like in my mind this commentary on the celebrity aspect of who these people have be- some of these people have become you know there's they now have mm-hmm. these huge fan bases and um you know they're also you know they really drive pop culture in a lot of ways so i just thought it was this interesting i like i don't know what you call it like a study or like um aspect to the photographs of 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 you know showing them with this backdrop that almost sort of separates them in a way from from the other people yeah. that are in the in the shot and i feel like it kind of creates that visual um story or idea so yeah no, thank you for explaining it. it. You said it so well. And I think that the the portraits to me really, you know, talk to what you're talking about, which is uh, you bring this elegance and really kind of the humanity to, you know, these uh, these artists that do drag and really show kind of uh, who they are as individuals and not just like this characterization of them. Because mm-hmm. to your point, I think that a lot of drag, you just see it, it's like on a poster, right? So it's very mm-hmm. like commercially high glam kind of overproduced you know and very character driven because it's you know they're going to do a show or they're you know promoting something um but to kind of like bring a sense of almost like reality if you will to the portraits in this kind of setting uh i think mm-hmm. is is really beautiful and it definitely shows like you and i think the the connection to the the fans of these uh drag stars is really cool because you really get to kind of see like them in their environment but like you said it almost separates them because they're on this backdrop and then like the their audience is kind of also watching in on on what they're doing so it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty awesome i'm curious kind of why the title queen i mean it's it seems so obvious but i'm wondering if you know you kind of have a a specific reasoning for it or if it was yeah something that you had worked on and just kind of curious uh kind of and and, and for something like this which is a book that is you know like a coffee table size book you know I'm sure there's a lot of people kind of involved in the process. So maybe if you can kind of expand on that, it'd be great. Sure. So um, the the title Queen came about because, um, you know, we spent months um, brainstorming, like the publisher and I um, brainstorming just all kinds of ideas and, you know, like what it could possibly be called. And nothing felt right to me. And mm-hmm. and this was sort of the, yeah, the most straightforward and the simplest title. But it just, it felt like it, encompassed everything you know because the word queen i mean obviously it's relates to drag queens but also queen there's this idea of like royalty and and i feel like that's kind of what has happened with drag in the last decade you know especially with rupaul's drag race like i feel like it's elevated the art and brought it into the mainstream in a way that it wasn't before um so it just i don't know it just it was the only thing for me that actually seemed to work as a title <laughs> and there yeah. was like so many other possibilities but it just nothing felt like the right fit and yeah i mean the book is really a collaboration between the publisher editor uh me retoucher you know i mean if you go out further than that then uh, you know the teams of people involved in actually creating the photographs themselves each year there were a few people a couple of people who were consistent every single year from the beginning and then a a couple of people you know that would uh you know get switched out and so it's 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 those people and it's really you know a collaborative effort more than anything you know like i Mm -hmm. especially when it came time for for the book part of it to happen it's like 
you know, I have no idea what, you know, that's not my expertise. So I just, I had to rely heavily on the other people who had those expertise, like the editor who's, you know, the book has this beautiful flow of photographs and that's really because of the publisher and the editor together and their expertise and, you know, just relying on the publisher because obviously they know what they're doing when it comes to just making a book in general. You know, so I, I've gotten to, you know, give my creative input and I have to ultimately sign off on everything, all the creative choices. But I think there's so much value in um, collaboration. You know, like I feel like you can really elevate an art form and elevate a project when you're willing to collaborate and lean on the people around you who are, you know, experts in their own fields and who are really good at what they do. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm curious, kind of, you know, going kind of back, if you will. So, you know, this started as kind of a personal project, but I guess at like, what point did you really feel like, you know, the collection that you've created of all these portraits of, you know, these drag superstars and drag queens, you know, across the nation, when did it kind of come to fruition that like, oh, this could really become a book to kind of celebrate that and the creative process that you've, you know, put many years into kind of being able to display it? I mean, so I, the first year that we actually had the roaming sort of set up was the first year that I had my own kind of idea that this could one day become a book. And so that, that was 2018, I guess. And so I, um, at that time I had actually started writing down my goals. And so part of like my morning routine was to, um, look at, look at, read my goals out loud and sort of take a moment to really visualize, um, all of them as though they, you know, they've, they're already here and they've already come true. And one of the things that I'd written down is that my first coffee table book, that was the drag queen work had been published and, uh, had been, you know, widely received in a, in a positive way. And so that was something that I just read, read to myself every morning and visualized for wow. about two years, maybe while I just kept creating the work. Cause I thought, you know, this work is going to be, it's going to just exist. And, you know, if, if a book ever does happen, it'll be ready, you know, and it'll be, and I'll just keep building on it. I'll just keep creating, creating, creating. And then that in, th in my mind, I thought that will just give this idea, the possibility to become even greater because we'll have more portraits to choose from and we can just continue to sort of elevate this concept. And so, you know, so it started off there and then, you know, something that I really believe strongly about is, I mean, one, writing down goals, um, visualization, and then also like letting go of how those goals are going to actually come to fruition, you know, because like my ideas are incredibly limited compared to, you know, how vast the universe is, you know, I feel like when I come up with an idea of how I can get to a certain place or accomplish a certain goal, it's probably like the tiniest little percentage or fraction of like what's actually possible. So I try to remember that and just like, let go of thinking that I know what, like how it's going to happen, but also still take action in that direction and be open to, you know, something somewhere else, you know, showing up. And so I had actually had a couple of meetings with publishers that I had set up through um, people that I knew. And they were like, oh, this work is really beautiful, but not right for us. And so that was me just kind of taking action and um, pursuing this idea. And then in 2020, uh, the, my now publisher he actually found me because they were wanting to do 
a coffee table book that had to do with the drag community. And so they had gone searching just for like what exists out there and they'd come across my work and because this, some of this had already been posted on like out.com and that sort of led them to me. And then they actually contacted me. Um, Hmm. and that's actually how that started, which I think is really, you know, it's, it it kind of blew my mind because, you know, I'm, I'm out here like reaching out to my people, like the people that I think I can reach out to. And in the meantime, here's somebody off in left field. That's like finding me that, you know, that is being attracted to me from a whole different angle that I could have never seen coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're talking about what this whole podcast is really about, which is like the idea of this lotus flower and the causality, right? So like for every cause you're making, an uh, an effect is registered instantaneously in the universe, you know? And so mm-hmm. to your point, I think you're talking about kind of like the vastness of the universe is so large, so we can't mm-hmm. c- kind of fathom it. But like you said, mm-hmm. you're taking action and doing something to manifest that in your life, right? And so then the universe literally responded by having this person looking for the thing that you're trying to produce, uh, you know, and make it into something, you know? So that's incredible. Mm-hmm. I love that. What was that process like? I mean, I don't even know how many portraits you've, you've taken, but I'm sure it's hundreds and hundreds, you know, at all the conventions over the years. But like, how does that then get whittled down uh, with your editors, you know, and uh, your team, if you will, to create this book? Because I don't know how many pages the book is uh, as of right now. But um, yeah, I'm just curious kind of how is that how did that work for you? So, uh, yeah, so the book is 200 pages. Um, that's not 200 photographs, but like from cover to cover is 200 pages. So, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure the exact number of photographs, but it's up there. I mean, it's maybe 150, 100, something like that. I mean, 160, it's a, it's a lot. I think, I think by the time that, um, I got in contact or the publisher got in contact with me, I think I had maybe, I think over 200, portraits that I'd shot so the first thing was like me just going through all of the work and like just seeing is okay are there any that are an absolute you know that I can't see being in the book um just to kind of like separate some stuff out because you know obviously it's like you know just like if you do a photograph anybody it's not like every single photo is going to be like the winning shot type of a thing and so there had to be some sort of process of illumination and um so i kind of went through did that for myself the publisher went through and did that as well we kind of compared notes to see like where we were both at like what how much of an overlap there was yeah we both had certain portraits that we sort of fought for (laughs) um that nice. you know, there were portraits that he really thought like had to be in the book. That I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm just not sure if it's as strong as some of the other work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, vice versa, there was there were portraits that I was like, I really want these portraits in the book. And he was like, I'm not sure about it. Wow. So you know, it was just this ongoing collaborative effort and lots of conversations, lots of meetings, lots of kind of like talking to each other about w- why we thought that they worked for the book or didn't work for the book, and then finding some sort of compromise. You know, ultimately, I'm really happy with. Uh, with what was chosen, you know, I'm really happy with all of the portraits that ended up there. And I think that we ultimately like landed on the best possible decisions, but yeah, it was just, it was just a collaborative process really, you know, um, where we just had to continue to do the meetings after meetings after meetings. And (laughs) does name recognition come into play when you're kind of finalizing these things or choosing the photos? Because, you know, majority of like, if not all of them are probably really well known, you know, portraits or or subjects, I should say, but, you know, obviously some are more well known than others or kind of had a longer stay on a show or have done all stars or whatever. Um, So does that kind of play into how you choose or is it really based on 
once again, like you said, you're about the connection of the subject to you and, you know, taking this portrait that kind of represents them. I mean, it, it, it does come into play in the sense that, um, every year, like I've had the Queens that I really want to photograph. Um, and along with that though, I'm always just looking for interesting people that are there. Um, that, I mean, so it's not a requirement by any means. Like people do not have to be famous. They don't have to be on drag race. They don't have to be like, I'm just looking for people that are interesting really, you know, and people that sort of, uh, are part of a broader spectrum of what the, of what drag really is of as an art yeah. form. Um, right. And it encompasses so much, you know, there are now like there are drag Kings. There are, um, there are, there are people who are trans that also do drag. Um, yeah. there are, there are people that, that primarily do like sort of like a spooky or like scary drag as their thing. There are people that are all about, you know, looking as, as much and or as feminine as they possibly can. And just like the beauty of it. So it's just like, there's, there's, and there's a lot of other things in between. And so I always wanted to encompass as much as I possibly could. And, you know, but since drag race is a thing and it exists and that's sort of like, you know, pushed the whole art form into the mainstream, I also wanted to include that, but I didn't want the book to just be like a drag race book. Um, because I don't think that that's a broad enough, um, I just don't think that's a broad enough uh, representation of drag as a whole because there's there's only been what 150 years whatever drag queens on Drag Race and there's thousands of drag queens that exist all over the the world now so I mean so it was a combination it was like of course we wanted recognizable people in the book mm-hmm. and I also wanted people that weren't recogni- recognizable in the book you know and it didn't matter how recognizable they were. If the photograph fell flat, then they weren't going to make it into the book because again, it comes back to, (laughs) you know, the, the, the connection has to be there, you know? And so if I would have photographed whoever and they would have been, you know, super famous, but it just, for whatever reason, if, if I would have failed at that um, shoot, then it just wouldn't have been able to make the cut because I really wanted the body of work to just uh, be as strong as possible. No, it makes total sense. I'm curious, kind of like, how did you come to the decision? I think it's Bianca Del Rio on the cover, correct? I'm looking at it, and I think that's her. Yeah, I can actually. Yeah. I have oh, the you copy have right copy here, so I can just show yes! you. Yes! This Yay! is one of three copies that exist right now, because, you know, it's pre-order wow. at the, right now. So, yeah, so Bianca's on the cover. Um, yeah, gorgeous. And, Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, sh- we, did, I, 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 we wanted to go with Bianca because she is one of the, the most recognizable faces of drag right now and so and she's also a wonderful human being she's incredibly kind she's um you know every time that i've interacted with her got to work with her she's she's just really sweet and really kind and that is you know for me that goes a long way Um, yeah so yeah we just thought that that she would be a good fit for the cover if she you know if she was down to do it and and uh luckily she said yes to that and um so that's kind of how that how that came about awesome I'm curious, just on the technical side of things, I know that you said you kind of, with your team, you had like releases and stuff. Like, was that ever a hindrance or a problem with some of these queens because of who they are? Or was everyone kind of jumped on board and had no issue with it because that was just kind of expected and mandatory in order for you to photograph them? Most, almost everybody was okay with signing a model release. Um, There are a select couple that are, you know, like, you know, can, can you send it to my manager or whatever? And, yeah. um, 
I mean, the reality is we're shooting in a public space. So when I was originally creating this work to share it with out.com or to share it with, uh, to share it myself, like I don't technically need a model release because it's such a right. public domain that's ha- that it's happening. So it wasn't like, as I've got, as the years have gone on, I've gotten much more strict about that though, because with the idea that this is going to become a book, I'm never like, okay, we need right. model releases. We need, so now I try to have somebody designated that like, that's their job is just, you know, yeah get them to sign the model release at all costs which is like it's not that it's not that hard to do most of them are just happy to do it and we're good you know nice and it's also a way for me to keep track of everybody because i know a good portion of the queens Mm -hmm. i mean who they are um it's just you know we photograph a lot of people at each one of these events and there's queens that aren't necessarily famous or whoever and i always want to just make sure that i'm able to represent them accurately and that they get the credit that they deserve so it's like I always, you know, it's just a way to keep track of everyone as well and make sure that um, I'm getting everybody's, you know, performer name correctly when it, when this goes out and is seen, you know, on a bigger scale. Yeah. Do you have any interaction or have you had any interaction with RuPaul because it was, you know, shot at these drag cons, which is with, you know, her title and name on it? Or is it kind of just, it's all been not reportage by any means, but like it's been kind of a separate thing that you're, you've not had any reaction with, interaction with? So short answer is no, I haven't. <laughs> um, I, I actually, the, my whole introduction to drag was actually working on RuPaul's Drag Race um, right. about yes, 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 over a decade ago. Yeah, so I started working on RuPaul's Drag Race back when they were filming season three of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just moved to Los Angeles. I had n- no, like, I had never seen a drag queen in real life, I don't think, like, because I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. I didn't honestly know much about RuPaul. I knew the name, but, like, I just, you know, I was like a, I just didn't have much experience with the gay community or the drag community or anything um, mm. with where I grew up. And so that was really like my introduction to this whole world. I was really quickly blown away by it because it was just the artistry, the creativity. I mean, I would be on set in the workroom while they're like doing whatever their challenges. And I was just like, even watching them like do, do what they're doing in such a short period of time. I was still like, I don't know how they're doing this. Like, I don't feel like I could ever do what they're doing. Like, it's just, they, there's so much that you have to be good at in order to be a, a, a good drag queen. You know, like it's, it's about performing. It's about, it's about the look. It's about, I mean, a, a lot of these uh, people can um, sew. They are designers. They are incredible makeup artists. They are incredible hairstylists. Like they do all of it. I don't know of another art form that encompasses so many individual different things that you have to know how to do in order to be really good as a whole to do it well. And so I just thought that they were incredible. I was like, these are some of the most incredible humans I've ever come across, you know? So I was on, I was working on the show as the stills photographer. And so I did that season three, four, five. I did the first season of all stars. I did um, a season of drag you. That was a show that lasted for a couple of seasons where they would give, um, I think it was only women. If I'm remembering yeah, correctly, I think but that's I could right. be wrong about yeah. that. Like women. they would, yeah. th- three women would have a drag professor. They'd give them a makeover, and right. that was uh, that was one of the that was actually to work on that show was one of the funnest experiences because just mm. being witness to these people going through like this internal transformation was really cool. So during that time, I got to know Rue a little bit because I was like, I was so like. I, I hadn't I had not really been on set before. So I'm like mm-hmm. showing up on set, not really sure like how to do it, like what's the etiquette. Yeah. Like I just didn't know anything. 
So right. when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, I was one of the only crew members that would talk to RuPaul. And now that I think about it, wow. I'm like, I probably wasn't. So, like, I don't know that if I'm, it, there's probably some rule that I wasn't aware of, but right. nobody ever came. Nobody came down on me for it. Luckily. That's good. Yeah. So in doing that, like we, we at the time sort of became these like friends, I would say. And um, at the time he also lived um, in West Hollywood where I lived like very, one of his places was on the same street that I lived on. And so we would run into each other just, you know, in day to day life. And we would like Kiki and we would like, you know, say hi to each other, give each other a hug and all that stuff. And it was really beautiful, you know, and we had conversations about spirituality and about like all kinds of interesting things. And, um, mm. and then when I stepped away from the show, you know, I didn't, I didn't see him that much, um, after that. And then as the years went on, I mean, that was a long time ago. So <laughs> as the years have gone on, I've like seen him less and less, you know? And Got it. so once, when, when drag race came around, I can't, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever even run into him at drag race. Mm. Um, and as the years have gone on, Drag Race is a lot. I mean, it's an intense event. And so his involvement over the years has gotten a little bit less, which I totally understand. Because, you know, at the beginning, he was like, you could pay to get an autograph and a picture. And he was there all the time. And then now I think he um, he, he cuts the ribbon at the beginning. And then he'll he'll DJ some sets, like, at the main stage, and, which is actually kind of genius. Because he gets to just do what he loves and do music. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> yeah, just, like, have fun. And people get to actually, like, just celebrate and dance and have a good time. Um, yeah. Again, that's like the long way to say no. I have not. <laughs> I haven't run. I haven't run into him. We also talked about like, do we want to see if we could like get RuPaul like to be on the cover? Or do we want to see if we could get RuPaul to write the intro? And it was just like, right. again, it came back to I really love RuPaul. I just didn't want this to be looked at as a RuPaul's Drag Race book. I wanted it to right. be looked at as a book that's encompassing all of drag that happens to right. have. Um, queens that were on the show, so so that's kind of why we just didn't go that route of, of of getting him involved. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Being on set or any set, really, right? Like, if you don't know any better, then it doesn't really hurt you. Because yeah, going into something like that, you you're just kind of like free to do whatever. And so yeah, but now Rue is such a a well known person, and it's actually really funny. I just saw I think yesterday uh, because of DragCon. You know, he did the ribbon cutting and then literally mm -hmm. like almost flubbed what season of All-Stars that they were supposed to go and do because he was like, what the hell season are we even on? Um, which I thought was hysterical because it was kind of like, okay. I mean, well, if yeah, you, yeah I mean, yeah, there's so many seasons of the show. I mean, I don't think yeah. I'd be able to keep everybody straight, you know? Yeah. Let alone all just, the international versions of it as well. It's just like, yeah. It just, it's, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. These portraits are amazing. I think it's so cool that you have such a variety and like eclectic, you know, um, showing of different drag stars and drag performers. Do you see yourself, you know, with the success of this, do you see yourself kind of taking it beyond just the drag cons that are going on and kind of uh, like doing more, you know, not intimate portraits, but doing an, more portrait sessions, maybe even going international and kind of going across uh, you know the waters to kind of expand this project even further. Yeah, I mean, I um, it'll be interesting to see how this book is received. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's only been a few days um, since the pre-release <laughs> yeah. was announced, and so and we were at DragCon. You know, I was there with my publisher yeah. and my team, and um, uh, you know, the reception was really awesome. So I think, I mean, I think this book is going to be received well. So from there, I mean, anything could happen. You know, I mean, we could. I mean, my first thought this year while we were at um, 
because we had to kind of stay close to our booth because of the walking right. fire hazard thing. And um, right. so we still, I mean, we still captured, I think, about 60 portraits this year while we were nice. like close, close by the book. Right. Which will be, um, I'm currently editing those right now. So hopefully within the next week, week and a half, they're going to go live somewhere, maybe out.com or something so people can see those. But um, my first thought was like, okay, we've been shut down as a fire hazard in Los Angeles, but we haven't been shut down as a fire hazard in LA or there's a UK drag race or there's different places. Mm. So like, you know, I don't know. It could, um, I'm open to anything and everything, you know? So, you know, if, if that takes us to, you know, different places and, you know, I think that there's definitely the potential to do more than one book. I think there's definitely the potential for, like, a, you know, a second edition or, you know, a volume two um, yeah. to happen. But that's that's pretty far off in the distance, you know. Yeah. So I think right now, our, right now our focus is just, you know, this book and getting this book out into the world um, so that people can really see this body of work. Yeah. Makes total sense. Um, while you were talking, you kind of made me think of something. You know, the the difficulty, I guess, with doing personal projects, right? Which then, you know, can you know turn into something like this incredible book that you've created usually costs, you know, money, like nothing's free. And especially living in Los Angeles or any major city. Um, so I'm just curious, kind of like how how does that kind of play out when you were doing this series? Cause obviously I'm sure you had to get, you know, passes to go to the every drag con and also, you know, the, your team that you're bringing along with you, you know, I can't imagine you're just giving them, you know, cookies and a, a nice cup of coffee and saying, thanks so much. See you later. You know? So like in the sense of like being able to produce this shoot, uh, was it difficult for you to do, or it was just kind of like your passion kind of drove it and no matter whatever, whatever it cost, you were going to, you were going to make it happen. I mean, I, it was it was about being resourceful mostly because, like, in the first year when we when we got a booth, that was technically the most expensive year, and that was mm. because we had to purchase booths. We had to like, then it was like, okay, now we have these booths. Like, what? Like, it can't just be an empty booth. Now we got to like do something right. with it. So right. we had to, you know, just like create something that was visually cool. And and then the next year, whenever we were like, okay, like we're gonna roam around, um, mm. that actually was a lot easier of an idea because we didn't have, I mean, we were like, we're going to show up and just take photographs. We don't have to worry about like how it looks technically. We don't have to worry about st like right. styling a booth or anything like that. So I was always thinking, okay, like how can I make this happen and how can I, how can I gain the access to, mm -hmm. um, to photograph these people? How can I like give myself a little extra credibility with what I'm doing? And right. are there people out there who love drag enough that they'd be willing to volunteer? And so, um, yeah. you know, so I, I, every year it's mostly been me and my friends, you know, it's, it's been Got people it. who love the event, who want to be a part of it. And so we're this little team that show up and we get it done. And, and then, uh, each year I have always teamed up ahead of time with, um, without magazine, without.com. So like okay. we'll do the event and then in the following weeks, then they will run the photos online. And that then gave me the ability to get, um, press credentials, which is what Got gave it. us the ability to even be there in the first place. Nice. This year was a little, and then also with the help of like world of wonder, who's, you know, the production company behind drag race, who I've yeah. known ever since you know, working on the show, they've been yeah. incredibly amazing, you know, every awesome. single year. Um, they've always been, um, super helpful, especially this year in particular. I mean, because this time we were having a booth, they gave us a great location. They helped promote the book. They, um, uh, and yeah, they've just always been really supportive of the project. So I'm really grateful to them as well. Uh, 
And yeah, so that's kind of how we would do it. We'd get press credentials, we'd team up ahead of time, we would let everybody know what we were up to. And then this year was different just because, you know, we had the book aspect that we were actually going to be right. plugging and selling. So, awesome. um, are they doing a DragCon in New York this year or is it just LA? Do you know? That's a really good question. I would imagine if it's happening, they'll probably announce it within like a week or two because it seems like that's how it goes. There's usually like, you know, yeah, and an, I don't, through. I don't know actually because usually I, I remember when they did do DragCon in in New York, I remember hearing about it like at the LA DragCon, they would already Got start it. plugging it. Right. So maybe not. I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah. No, I was just curious because I was kind of like, oh, if it. If, if you were going to then get a booth, I guess, <laughs> at the New York DragCon as well to be able to promote the book as well, it makes sense. But yeah, I don't know what's kind of going on. New York is its own kind of bucket of worms, if you will, uh, when it comes to events mm-hmm. and um, yeah, upfronts and press and stuff. Amazing. Uh, okay, so I have to ask, I want some tea if you can share. What was one of the craziest situations you had while shooting this book? And what was one of the most amazing situations while shooting this book that you like is the highest of highlights for you? Um, let's see. Crazy situations? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, for the most part, the response when we were actually, sh- as we shoot the project, has been really positive mm-hmm. and really great. You know, I mean, I don't know how crazy this is, but, uh, you know, as the years go on, as the queens become more famous, there's mm-hmm. they become harder to actually, you know, get to, in a sense. Right, so, right. You know, a lot of the times it's like we're rolling up and we're talking to somebody on their team rather than them. Mm-hmm. Right. And oftentimes, like, when when we're talking, like, the, the queens themselves are super sweet. And I get it. Like, you know, they're dealing with a lot that weekend, so they need a team. And they need people to kind of funnel, like, what's happening and yeah. who gets access to them and all that stuff. Um, right. But when once we actually get to the queens, like, the queens are m- mostly just very lovely people and very kind. And, you know, there are queens now that I know that I met you know, in the first couple of years of, of DragCon that I now see every year and, you know, it's, they're just, it's nice to like reconnect for a moment. And then there's the Queens that I've known for like, you know, like Manila's Luzon, like I've known her for 10 years now. Um, wow. you know, people like that, like she's always been incredible. Like if I, um, want to photograph her, if I can get in contact with her directly, like she's always down, you know, like she's always yeah. into it. She helped promote the book over the weekend a little bit like we um mm. we took the book to a couple of the queens who and we recorded some video of them talking about the book and they you know awesome. she was just really she was really sweet and i mean this also isn't super crazy but there were times whenever we would roll up to somebody's booth and they were like okay can you actually like come back into the booth to do the photo shoot and there was like no space to oh. actually make that happen so we would take the backdrop <laughs> yeah. off and i would literally have somebody holding the the backdrop like standing behind it and Wow. Because there just wasn't any room to like roll anything around. And so there were definitely times where we were like really cramped. And those actually sometimes turned out to be some of the, my favorite portraits, you know? Um, Nice. So, I mean, again, that's not super crazy. That's not like the craziest tea ever. (laughs) I'm like, Um, I was going to say, did someone throw a cup at you or did anyone get crazy or, or actually even the fans? Was there a moment where like it got too intense with some of the fans that were there? because the queens kind of come out or anything like that? There, there were a couple of 
times where, um, like, there's a photograph in the book of of Shangela where um, it's oh. probably the book. It's one of the photos that has the most amount of people in the shot. And at that year, I think it was the the the, the year that she had the last year that she did All Stars, and okay. her she had one of the biggest lines of people of anybody at the at that um, dragon. And mm-hmm. so when she came out, I mean, everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, she's out like in the open and whatever." And so we just used it to our advantage. Like we were like, okay, everybody like crowd around her. And she was wearing, um, I think she was dressed as like sort of a game of Thrones kind of vibe. And so she had this sort of like flowy thing. We had the fans actually like toss it in the air to create this cool visual portrait. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, people are cool. Most of the, most of the time people are wanting to be a part of it. You know, uh, I'm sure there are fans that are going to get their hands on this book and then be pleasantly surprised to see their faces <laughs> in the shots that they may that they may not know that they yeah. have been a part of. Um, which, I mean, if I was a fan, I would think that was super cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I am a fan. But, like, you know, I think that's just, like, a cool... A cool... Uh, just a cool thing. In terms of, like, what was the coolest and, like, most, like, fun aspect, I just... Every year it's exhausting and this year was a little different because I actually got sick leading up to the event. Normally I get sick right after the event <laughs> because it's just like, you know, it's usually three days. This time it was only two days, but it's just, right. it's a lot of energy. You're dealing with a lot of people. Um, it's a lot of hours. And so usually by the end, I'm just so wore out that I just need to crash for a little while. This time I got that out of the way before the event happened. And um, uh, it was just the stress of, you know, just putting this all together sort of you know, within a couple of weeks. But I'm just like, I just love that I, every year that we get to do what we're doing, you know? Like, mm. I don't know. It's just like, it, there's a part of it that like never gets old to me. Like the fact that we've been able to create this body of work, the fact that we've been kind of given the access that we have been given, the fact that all the entities involved have been so kind to us, like Out, Out Magazine, mm. um, World of Wonder, DragCon in general. Like, I just think it's really cool that we've been able to do this at all, you know? And so when we're there and when we're capturing these portraits and it's just fun, you know? Like, it's fun to capture something really cool and then, like, with, you know, my little team, we're like, oh, my God, we just, you know, we get excited in the moment when we when when we capture something that, you know, is really cool and we're all looking at it and we're just like, we get to, you know, just have a good time. So, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, like, I'm just grateful for this project as a whole i'm grateful that it's been something that i mean it, it almost feels like a tra- tradition now like every year when DragCon comes around it's like <laughs> we're here we go d- doing Let's this do project it. yeah exactly yeah yeah and my people on my team will reach out and be like are we doing DragCon this year <laughs> um because yeah it's just kind of become this this thing that you know we've been doing it for so long that yeah i'm just grateful to be a part of it every year awesome so the the last question I really have is kind of, was there anyone that, because you're a fan of, you know, these Queens have you, that you really kind of like fangirled or kind of had a moment of like, holy shit, I'm shooting this person. If so, kind of what was that experience like doing it? I try not to treat anybody like they're a celebrity or like when I'm photographing them, because I I don't know. I think there's value in just treating people human, like human and just being cool and just being like a kind, a kind, respectful human to another human. (laughs) I think it goes a long way. I'm trying to, I mean, it's, it's a lot because we're photographing so many people. I mean, like last year, for instance, like 
I think we took like 120 portraits over the course of three days. Holy and God. it was wow. like, that. I think that was the most we've ever taken. And we, mm. the majority of them were actually from Drag Race that year. And they, it was like oh, wow. everybody from the last two or three seasons, everybody, for, it was just like, there were so many that it was like, it's kind of like a whirlwind where it's like, okay, so-and-so is yeah. coming over, like get ready and like photo, you know, meet them for two seconds, photograph them for a couple of minutes and then they're back off to their, you know, to their people. I mean, I think it's all really cool, you know? I don't know. I mean, I'm just a fan of drag, you know? I'm a fan of drag race. Mm. I'm a fan of, like, the art form. So, I don't know. I mean, nobody's coming to my mind as, like, the, the queen that, like, is, you know, somebody that I was like, oh, my God. But it was more, like, everybody, you know? It's more just, like, you know, the year, like, last year when we photographed the entire cast of, of that season that had just aired. I mean, that's super cool to, like, you yeah. know... Like that season of Drag Race's airing was, I think, had just finished airing, and uh, you know Willow Pill had been crowned the winner, and it's like, and here we are at DragCon, you know, like photographing all of them, and you know, it's just like more than one individual person. It's just like a really cool mm-hmm. thing to photograph everybody, you know, and and in such a yeah. short period of time too. Yeah. To have the access to them. Absolutely. Totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of portraits to shoot. 120 people in one day is like, oh, I can, I can only. Well, that was, so it was 120 people. Three day period. Right. Three days. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's still yeah. a lot, you know. That's still a lot of freaking people. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, if every, it is on order or pre-order right now. So uh, where can people mm-hmm. go to purchase it and then also when will it actually be released uh into publishing so right now you can order on queenthebook.com there is pre-order available the book is physically becoming available december 8th um so it's a little far off into the distance but right now we have standard the standard edition available we have um, an edition that's um, signed by me and then we have an edition that um a limited number that are signed by me and by bianca who's on the cover um oh wow so yeah. So right now you can, that's, that's the, the best place to go to is just queenthebook.com. If you forget that and you can go to my, you know, social media and you know, I'll be plugging it all day, every day. So <laughs> it'll be easy. It. It'll be yes. easy to find until December. <laughs> yeah. Until Christmas, I will be plugging this book. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I am exclusively queenthebook.com. My, my feed is exclusively going to be queen the book. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no one else. No one else. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, yeah. Aaron. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's incredible to have you back on uh, as a special bonus episode. And yes, Queen, we will definitely, I look forward to uh, purchasing the book <laughs> and also getting to see your incredible portraits inside of it. So thank you again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me again. I, I love being on here and I'm grateful to have the opportunity. So thanks. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Creative Lotus Podcast. A huge thank you to Aaron J. Young for this bonus episode and for sharing an exclusive about his book, Queen, which will be released on December 8th. This week's Buddhist quote of the week is, The teachings of Buddhism were expounded for the happiness of all people. There is no discrimination based on gender, race, education, or social status. In fact, Buddhism was expounded precisely so as to enable the discriminated and oppressed, those who have experienced the bitterest sufferings, to attain supreme happiness by Daisaku Ikeda. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you wouldn't mind. It really helps out. If you're watching here on YouTube, give us that big old thumbs up and go ahead and check out this full episode right here. And until then, I say see you later and have a wonderful week. What is up, Creative Lotus family? Thank you so much for supporting the Creative Lotus Podcast. Go ahead and follow us on social media. On Facebook, we're at the Creative Lotus Podcast. Here on YouTube, maybe you're watching, we're at the Creative Lotus Podcast as well. And on Instagram, we're 
or at the Creative Lotus Pod. And my personal handle is at Alan Zaki. We say thank you once again. Go ahead and subscribe, listen, write a review. And until the next episode, we'll see you there. Have a wonderful day and stay safe. Bye-bye.